Production. Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, June 19, 2008. The first day of summer is tomorrow, a shift, a new beginning for the planet Earth, her cycles, and for us. The sense of something bigger than us, a larger oneness, can be found across the globe in small glimpses or in large earthly wonders. Tonight, we will take a revolutionary look at the interconnectedness between the planet and man. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, a writer, public speaker, PR, and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Susan Carroll, the author of Becoming One, People and Planet, Volume 2, is a sought-after psychotherapist and a lifelong student of metaphysics and world religions. Susan holds a Ph.D. in clinical psychology, an M.A. in audiology, and a B.A. in speech pathology. As a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified hypnotherapist, she has been counseling in private practice for over 24 years. She has a love of nature, and through her expanded perceptions, she experiences the life in all of Earth's creatures. Susan has authored several books on multidimensional consciousness. Her latest book, Becoming One People and Planet, Volume 1 and 2, explores the process of personal and planetary transformation through a blend of ecology, psychology, metaphysics, science, art, poetry, and storytelling. The yearning to learn more about personal and planetary transformation started when Susan was a graduate student studying for her Ph.D. in the early 1980s. She began the documentation of this quest in 1999 on her website, www.multidimensions.com, which offers an in-depth look at multidimensional consciousness and the journey of awakening to our multidimensional self. Through sharing her theories and experiences in cyberspace, she has communicated with many other seekers, such as herself, from all over the world. Susan has written four other books, The 30 Veils of Illusion, Visions from Venus, Reconstructing Reality, and Seven Steps to a Soul, A Poetic Journey of Spiritual Awakening, and two illustrated short stories, A Child's Adventure in Fairy and What Did You Learn? Tonight, Susan and I will be discussing the interconnectedness between the planet and man in Volume 2 of Becoming One, People and Planet. Welcome, Susan. Share with the audience and me the evolution of this phenomenal creation. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's an honor to have you back and and to talk about some wonderful works that you have been called forth to bring to humanity, and we last time were able to discuss Volume 1, which discussed the first three lower chakras, the physical chakras on the human and the planet, and tonight we'll look in Volume 2 at the fourth chakra through the seventh chakra. So tell me how you evolved into this creation. 
Well, uh, like you said in your introduction, uh, the inner voice was talking about chakras way back in the early 80s. And so uh, uh, that was long before I actually really knew what they were. And then the journey just began with gathering more and more information. Uh, And then I ended up um, writing my website. And with all the creations, it kind of began on its, I started it, and then it took on its own life. Uh, this this particular book, I wasn't specifically knowing how I was going to blend the planet and the people, but it was kind of revealed to me as I was writing. And uh, so even though I did a lot of research and it was based on a lot of things I'd learned, there was also a lot of just uh, letting new information come in and insert it into what I already knew. Wonderful, and there is a very strong blend of information. You really bring a multifaceted presentation with using ecology and biology and psychology and storytelling and and many more other angles. And you really integrate maximizing the right brain and the left brain processing of the information. And that's a really valuable point that you bring up in, in the book. And what is the value of using both sides of our brain when processing information? Well, when we use just our left hemisphere, um, then we are looking at uh, things logically and sequentially um, in time and in space. And then if we use just our right brain, then we are looking at the whole and the big picture, free of time, free of space, uh, the land of our imaginations, and the goings-on of our own body speaking to us. Uh, and modern man has separated into either of these. And when we are able to use both our right and our left hemisphere at the same time, then we can see the forest and the trees very clearly at the same time. Wonderful. So it really optimizes the ability to process our multidimensional self? Absolutely. And it also... I believe it helps to awaken our what I call expanded perceptions, which we all have innately, uh, you know, telepathy, empathy, clairvoyance, clairaudience, all of those. We all have them innately, but we usually learn to shut them down as a child uh, because there isn't an explanation for it and things happen that don't fit with, you know, the group that we live in, and so it scares us and so we turn it off. But when we're able to bring together both our right and our left hemispheres, sort of another position of our left brain, more masculine, logical, sequential, and right brain, feminine, more holistic, then we are able to embrace what is happening with us and find a way to fit it into our greater world, which is the challenge for a lot of us. Yeah, it's really making the puzzle pieces fit meaningfully. Right, yeah. I can see that as a challenge in our limited human perceived experience. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I understand. So in book volume one, which we spoke about on March 20th earlier this year, if people want to catch up, they can catch up with Susan and I earlier in the year in episode 16. We talked about volume one of Becoming One People and Planet, and we, we talked about there were human chakras, the first, second, and third chakra, and there were earthly chakras. And the first earthly chakra was in Mount Sinai. 
and the second earthly chakra was in the Brazilian Amazon, and the third earthly chakra is in, will you help me out here, Susan, with the name? Uh, well, I It's Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay, there we go, Kilimanjaro in Africa, and that really represented the third chakra. So we touched upon that last time, and tonight we'll go into, we'll pick up with the fourth chakra through the seventh chakra, which were really the focus of volume two, which I just reviewed, which was really phenomenal. Again, great blend of meditations and storytelling and then research background. It was, again, of course, a really high blend. And what I really, again, what I really embrace is when you bring in the meditations in each chakra, which you do throughout the book, you really create a, a great visual with the words that you choose. It can, it's definitely evident to me that there was something assisting you that really helped manifest a high vibration. And then I also came across in the book the blended chakras meditation. So we'll talk about one of those later, later in the book. But why don't we start going through what is a chakra and then go into what is the fourth chakra that we start the book out with. Oh, okay. Well, a chakra is an energy vortex on our bodies and it's a step-down transformer wherein we're able to download the fourth dimension and beyond prana that we that is with us everywhere in our reality and um, download it and step it down so that it can go from fourth dimension into our auras and then from our auras into the chakra and with each of the chakra is a major nerve plexus for all of the the nerves that that area of our body governs and there is a gland that has to do with all of our um, it's a ductless gland that has to do with all the hormones in our body and so therefore it is a way for us to bring in higher frequencies and integrate it into our physical body. And each chakra has a different frequency, and so each chakra more easily uh, takes in the frequency that it resonates to. So they each have a unique note, in essence, in musical terms. note, yes. Very good. So you lead into the beginning of the book explaining some really simple concepts like transformation, acceptance, and integration. Of course, unconditional love. (laughs) And you you overview those aspects. And then you go right into the fourth chakra. So why don't we talk about what somebody will find in the book about our fourth chakra and what the value of the information is to really help them on their um, spiritual journey and their self-expansion. Well, the fourth chakra... What I talk about is that that is the great integrator. And um, the the fourth chakra is where we take the energies that come up through our root and up from the planet, as well as the energies that come down through our crown chakra and down from um, the ethers and the higher dimensions, and they blend into one and integrate within that heart chakra. Um, And the heart chakra is the the focus of our ability to love, and love is a cohesive healing force. And love heals, as we all have experienced to some degree. 
and it is also the focus of our immune system because the thymus glands are the glands that are associated with our heart chakra. And then there's the major plexus for our heart area. And um, our heart has been associated with life that, you know, the, when we are first born, our heart beats and we are alive. And when our heart stops to beat, then we have left our body. Um, and it is the place where we integrate our human consciousness with our divine consciousness. It's where the human and the divine meet and blend. Beautiful. And that would make sense um, as a clairvoyant. I remember my, in the very beginning phases, I would see lotus flowers coming out of the heart chakra when I would be giving readings. And I thought, that is really cool. I don't know what that means, but that's really neat. (laughs) (laughs) And it indicated they were revealing the opening of their heart to receive the next vibration of love. Yeah, that's great. That's very exciting. How wonderful. (laughs) So the heart chakra is really the bridge then to the physical earthly chakras and then the spiritual chakras. Wonderful. And the earthly parallel chakra for the planet Earth for the fourth chakra is in Maui in Hawaii? Right. That is so beautiful. It's actually in the, now I'm not sure if I say this right, Haleakala Crater. I know with a wine you say every syllable. So it's in the crater and there's actually, you know, it's way up really high. I can sorry, I don't have on me exactly how high it was. Um and then there is like the 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 crater where it goes down and there's a mound in the middle of that and that's where the heart chakra of the planet beats. And, and that's so beautiful. Maui, you know, when you if anyone's ever been to Maui, you know that it um you can just feel you know, all the growth and all the green and all the beauty and, you know, the weather is very caressing. The wind just kind of caresses you. It's very it's very romantic. It's a very, very special energy in Hawaii. All the Hawaiian islands are very special, but definitely yeah. when there's a heart chakra energy center, I don't know that it could get much better. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> That's wonderful. And so the inherent color to the fourth chakra is... Um, a green, like an emerald green color. Right. Uh-huh. Beautiful. I just wanted, just in case people are interested in that, in that real basic level information. The beauty of the book, Becoming One People and Planet, is that it offers information at a very, at a very introductory level. It has an extremely thorough appendix with definitions, like a glossary in essence, of terms. And it goes through the information throughout very orderly in a very um, organized way. For, that's easy for anybody to understand, and that it also can expand. So this book is great for someone who is just beginning their own spiritual endeavor, or it's really valuable for someone who's been doing it for years and working on it and looking at how to increase their consciousness and vibration to, to create a most maximal experience for oneself. And I think that this book can offer that, again, for whether it's a beginner or someone who's been doing it for years, it has really exciting information and really valuable um, stories and poems and inspirational thoughts. It, the, the vibration of the words is very, very high energy and heal, very healing. 
So leading into our fifth chakra, going from the fourth chakra, our heart, the fifth chakra is the next chakra that you cover in in the book after that you offer the meditation and the poems and the exercises for the fourth. And with the fifth chakra, what where what is the focus of that? What what's the importance of that? Well, um as I say in the book, below the the fourth chakra is the like the keynote, the center of our personal harmony. And um and the the root chakra is associated with the coming up from the earth and the crown chakra is associated with um, bringing down from the higher dimensions. But then the second and the fifth chakra are, um, the fifth chakra is a higher vibration of the second and the sixth is a higher vibration of the third. So the second chakra is uh, creativity and security and home and family and communication within family systems and within our everyday life, whereas the sixth chakra, the higher octave of that, is about our higher creativity where we are able to connect with our spiritual self to communicate our true being through our whatever act of creativity, whether it be gardening or writing or dance or poetry. So it's really about communicating our creativity. Very, very well put. I've, I've never heard such a clear explanation on that. It's really interesting to me that the fish chakra is a higher vibration of the second and then the third and the sixth. That's really intriguing. That makes sense energetically. I can see that. But I was never really brought into that awareness, at least not the way that you just said it. It just clicked for me. Oh, that's that's beautiful. So the fifth chakra is where people have their permission to speak their truth and to really actually put meaning to their creations through a communication avenue. Right. Beautiful. And I know you take a, the reader through a beautiful fifth chakra meditation where you help them to align each of the first, second, and third chakras. And then you go into transmuting and then just inhaling the energy and a lot of fear thoughts and, and other ideas to really transmute the energy in that fish chakra. The fish chakra seems to be one of the more important chakras for people to actually manifest their multidimensional self. Would you agree? Yes, I think the the fifth chakra is where we first start, you know, as as we raise our energies up and we open our heart chakra, because it's a progress, a process of progressing up the chakras. And when we've, once we've opened the fourth chakra, especially once we've opened our high heart, which is uh, like an octave above the physical heart, and it's not even in our physical body, it's even, you know, on the outside of our aura, well, it's all about frequencies, there isn't an outside or inside or up or down, but it's a higher frequency in which we can ex- have the experience of unconditional love. Once we have that experience of unconditional love, we can love ourselves unconditionally. And once we love ourselves unconditionally, we can learn to forgive ourselves unconditionally and to understand ourselves unconditionally. Once we have that ability to do that for ourselves, we can give it to others. But until we have the ability to do it for ourselves, it's really difficult to give it to others because we keep projecting out our our fears onto other people because we're really all one anyhow, and it's like when you have dreams and a bad guy's getting you, and it's 
all happening in your consciousness. The bad guy is within you. And that's really what it's like in real life. And so once we have had that unconditional love for ourselves, then we can begin to express our creativity on that really high vibration of unconditional love, which is of the fifth dimension and beyond. Very good. The fifth dimension and beyond, that feels right. I know on your website you had mentioned the Pleiadian workbook, and I know that was my first exposure to this idea of multiple dimensions. And I I recall doing the higher self meditation in the book one day, and I got up to the seventh dimension, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just going way beyond this world. I really just perceived it through different colors. Uh Uh-huh. As I moved through it, because it was, again, a very initial experience, but multiple dimensions are so wonderful. So let's talk about that for a minute. With multiple dimensions, in this book, in Volume 2 of Becoming One People and Planet, you talk about conscious creations and the steps of ascension. And you go upon to mention dependent consciousness, independent consciousness, and dependable consciousness. Let's talk about that for a brief moment. Well, the dependent consciousness is when we are still living within our child self and there is a state of victimization in which we do not feel that we are really able to move beyond wherever we are. We get stuck and something or someone outside of us is stopping us. And then that makes us be dependent on that someone or something who's stopping us then when we are able to move into independent consciousness, then we realize that we do not have to allow somebody else to stop us. We can go over, under, around, or through them. And and that's person-place situation or thing. And that makes us stand firm within ourselves and gives us courage to stand tall and be who we are. And then dependent, dependable consciousness is when we really own our power, and that means that we feel a sense of responsibility now that we feel like we are um, the master of our own ship, so to speak, that we feel like we want to share what we have with others and we want to assist others and help others. And so we realize that being dependable is one of the best ways to help people, is that once that you know we're as good as our word and we keep our word, that's like the fifth chakra thing. So, and then I go into how it expands way beyond even the dependable. And we can talk about that later if you want. Sure, sure. So through these steps of ascension, this is really a process. It could take someone a lifetime or a couple lifetimes to really work through these layers of consciousness. Well, um, I think that we've all had lots of lifetimes to work on it. I think this lifetime is pretty special. um, And... Uh, hopefully we're all going to get it together this time because there's, as you know, you just look at the news and look around what's going on, that it's really important that we all bring in our highest power so that we can um, confront the many challenges that are facing us right now. And really, like we go from from that personal consciousness of independent, I mean, dependent, independent, dependable, to like a group consciousness of feeling that we're responsible for a a group of people or neighborhood and all the way up to a national consciousness. And then 
beyond having that national consciousness, we start to tune into the collective consciousness, which means as we're opening our higher abilities, and I know a lot of us have had the feeling that something's going to happen somewhere, and, and then it does, or we have a dream, and then it does, and we can just pull in the, all the conjuncted thoughts and feelings of all the humans. And then there's the planetary consciousness, which is what this book is talking about, where everything is alive, and it's not just the humans that are alive. And we can actually speak with Gaia herself and with animals and plants. And um, and then we have a much higher sense of responsibility because we're no longer just responsible for ourselves, our families, our nations, but we're also responsible for the entire planet. Yes, and I think that's a really great point that you touch upon that this book, Becoming One People and Planet Volume 2, is focusing on the planetary consciousness. But while it does that, you're bringing in the tools to really make it happen on an individual level, which really maximizes the value of this book. It's like a handbook of universal, multidimensional reality <laughs> for today's living. <laughs> well, also, on the, at the first part of my website, the meditations that are in the book, I have a free download. So if you read the book, you can also, or you can just get the meditations. Because it's kind of kind of hard sometimes to read a meditation and do it. So I offered it up so you can close your eyes and listen to it that way. That's great. So all the meditations are available as you're reading the book, as somebody's going through the book, to be able to go on the website and interactively have the book at hand and then do the meditation and keep reading the book or whichever way works best for each person. Yeah, the meditations are just for the chakras. I'm going to be releasing a podcast that will have all the meditations in the book. But as of now, on the website is the meditations for the chakras. Wonderful, wonderful. And that's really the first step. So we were talking about the fish chakra, and the fish chakra, the earthly fish chakra location, is Mount Shasta, California, which is a very magical place for myself. It's part of where my own enlightenment occurred in the valleys of Mount Shasta. And Mount Shasta represents the male energy chakra. Is that that you touch upon that in the book? And you mentioned further that the ancient Lemurians have been claimed to live below Mount Shasta in the fourth dimension, producing like an etheric violet flame. Right. That people can see and visit. Right. And that for, I think, all of time, you vote back to the Native Americans, they revered Mount Shasta. And um, there's many seminars in Mount Shasta. And it's a very spiritual place. If anyone who's been there, you can just feel the energy. It feels higher. It feels really nice. It does. It feels really good. And I think the symbolism of that being the communication chakra for the planet, I think that rings true for me with much of the information that I've received um, for myself about indigo children. Indigo children or indigo adults, indigos, you know, the character energy of indigo is really communication. So far I've found a large majority of the pathways for indigos that I've worked with, and including the children, are communication pathways. They just vary in which form of communication. So that doesn't surprise me that the grid for the communication chakra for indigos comes out of Mount Shasta also. So for that fifth chakra to be the planetary chakra and then for the indigo grid to be based out of that that same location. And then I had my own personal experience there. I'm an advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I have a beautiful picture up on my website at www. 
um, evolutionrevolutionradio.com under resources and links of Mount Shasta. If you haven't been, you can check out that one picture I have up there. It's beautiful. You can see the energy and the clouds look just magical. It's a wonderful place to visit on, on the journey. So so wonderful. So the fish chakra has its special value for helping us to really communicate our higher truth and expand our awareness to the point of really making the creative juices that we have flowing come into fruition. Yes. And also regarding the masculine and feminine chakras, the way I describe that is that the masculine, like proton energy, is energy that flows out and it's how we express our energy out. Whereas the feminine chakras are the like electron chakras, and that's where we bring the energy in into ourselves. And it's interesting on the earth chakras, the the inflow chakras are like valleys, and then the outflow chakras are mountains. Except oh, for wow. the six that we're getting to, it's a whole mountain range. So. That's more like the feminine energy because it's like a family of mountains, you know. <laughs> wow. So lead us right into the sixth chakra and tell us about it and, and, and the location as well. Well, there's actually two parts to the sixth and the seventh because I'll talk about them individually first. But the sixth and the seventh joined together are actually what our third eye is. And so people call the brow chakra the third eye, but it it isn't fully the third eye if it isn't if it has we haven't gone through the process that we'll speak about later of joining it with the uh, seventh chakra. But the the sixth chakra is our vision, our ability to and just like the third chakra, which is the lower vibration, that's uh, that's in our solar plexus, and those are our thoughts. And it's also um, our first psychic abilities. And it's the power, learning to differentiate between uh, power over and power within. So as we learn our power within, then our psychic abilities, we begin to have control. Because I know a lot of people have, uh, when they first awaken to their higher self, they'll have some kind of scary experiences about floating off into other fields, et cetera, and other dimensions, which I know I did. Uh, but, but by the sixth chakra, we have really be gained quite a degree of mastery over our ability to travel interdimensionally and to uh, hold our personal vision. Uh, one of the things I talk about at the first of the book is how when we came in, we brought with us our divine ideal, that the mission or the purpose that we would have in this lifetime. And so by the time we've raised the the kundalini and we've opened that sixth chakra, we're beginning to get a pretty good idea what our divine ideal is and what our vision for this lifetime is. And that can really be seeded through the sixth chakra. Very beautiful. I know the value for me in my sixth chakra is very high. Always having had a photographic memory throughout my schooling, I thought that everybody saw things thoughts that way. You know, everybody saw pictures for thoughts. 
and and I didn't realize until after I'd graduated college that there was actually like a study called clairvoyance or you know learning to read energy with pictures. And I thought that was really profound and very validating for me that there was actually a whole energy center that focused on really bringing that spirit communication into fruition, into meaning to help guide one's life. Yeah, and that's a perfect example of using the right and left hemispheres, of having pictures for thoughts. Because we we don't ha- think of a thought necessarily as having a, a substance to us or creating a picture, but when we bring in our right hemisphere, which is imagistic and based on pictures, then we get those pictures for thoughts. And that also goes with being clairvoyant because then we see pictures for other people's thoughts as well. <laughs> And that makes sense because my background is so right brain or so left brain, so science oriented and logical. And then as I had my you know awakening in Mount Shasta, I mean it was a, it was happening either way, but the catalyst of Mount Shasta in 2002 really pushed me through to really maximize my right brain with that left brain. It was you know it was there, but really using both hemispheres for me really happened with my my awakening of, of me being more than just a body and a limited mind. Right, and, so, and see, you're, you're living your purpose now. Your purpose is, you know, your, your vision of what your personal purpose is and you feel a responsibility to the planet. And so, you know, that whole awakening process uh, spurns us to a new kind of action that's not based on reaction to anything external. Our actions are instead based on a reaction to our own internal life. Which really yes, that's so true. The internal <laughs> desires and drive versus the external. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it makes it a lot more rewarding, a lot more validating, and I think a lot more overall, I think it, it makes the experience very enjoyable. The existence becomes much more validating to really be led from the inside versus the outside. And it gives you such freedom. Because um, for one thing, we're free of doing it good enough for them. And that's a huge thing to be freed of for most of us, that we spend so much of our life trying to do something so that they will reward us or they will like us or they will think we're good people. But when we're reacting to our own inner voice and our own inner calling, we're not doing it for any kind of exterior reaction. We are the doing of our being. And we are doing this because this is what we do from being who we are. Yes, it's an effortless nature, an effortless energy that I experience it as. Yeah, the living in the flow. Living in our It own. is. Mm-hmm. Living in the flow is a beautiful process. <laughs> stay living in the flow. <laughs> <laughs> so the earthly parallel chakra for for the sixth chakra is in the Himalayas, and you said that that was actually a whole mountain range and that that actually had a different energy than the other chakras. Would you like to help us understand that? Well, the the Himalayas has been where the Tibetan culture has arisen, and it's a a very harsh environment. It's like uh, a high mountain desert and really intense winds and uh, not much growth. And so all the people, the, the people that have lived there have learned that the real reality is with inside themselves. And so they are very spiritual in nature. The Tibetans are very spiritual in nature. And 
Um, uh, Tibet, over time, there's uh, many stories about spiritual things that have happened in Tibet. And um, it is this range, more than just being up our own, climbing our own mountain like uh, Kilimanjaro is an isolated mountain in Africa. And that is a representation of finding our own power within ourselves and climbing our own personal mountain to get the viewpoint. And um, the Himalayas, on the other hand, is a mountain range. So now we've moved beyond our individual consciousness and we have moved into our, um, we're moving into like our planetary consciousness and as well as our solar consciousness and even our galactic consciousness. And in the book, I uh, align each state of consciousness with the chakra. And this is like our galactic consciousness. The Himalayas are really high, and it's, you, you feel yourself as a star there because it's so high. I can only imagine what the views of the sky are from up there. <laughs> and, um so, but it's a whole family, and so now we don't see ourselves as an individual any longer. Now we are a planet, and more than a planet, we are a solar system, and more than a solar system, we are a galaxy. So our our mountain has expanded to an entire range. It really allows for the expansion energy. The sixth chakra fosters that growth, that seed development. So it's a it's a very very important important chakra for the the larger development of the whole and for the understanding that one is beyond this physical body. I think for a personal experience for myself, and I love the parallel of the Himalayas just being a mountain range, allowing allowing for pretty much infinite expansion. <laughs> right, and it's also like the uh, we think of our mind being inside of us, but the sixth chakra reminds us that we're actually inside of our mind. Yes, that we are the ultimate controller through our perceptions. It's a very important point. So when we were just talking about living in the flow, what does it mean to surrender, to live in the flow, or to live in the superconscious? Well, to live in the flow means that we have established an intimate connection with our inner life and with the oneness of our inner life. Um, and within that oneness, there is a frequency. The flow feels like you're flowing down a river, and you know like if you're floating down a river, if you can find the center current and stay in the center current, then you're going to be fine. Um, and it will go around the rocks, and it will go around, you know, it follows there, and there's the least resistance. And But it isn't actually something physical it's a frequency and it's a frequency of it's a multi-dimensional frequency that uh, goes all the way down to our first dimensional most uh, atom uh, DNA cells all the way up into the fifth dimension and beyond and so from within this higher frequency we are able to catch a ride. It's kind of like if you look at birds, like uh, 
seagulls or eagles, and you see a bird, how it puts its wings out, and it doesn't even flap its wings. It just catches these currents of the wind and uh, just totally relaxes, and the wind carries us. And that's what it's like living in the flow, where we just stretch out our wings, catch that frequency band, and allow it to take us through uh, our destiny. I hate to yes, I, I stop at this life. It goes before <laughs> and after and in between, and you know, takes us home. home yes, home. yes, and you really touch upon that in section six of the book. As we become one with ourselves, we become one with our planet, and just really focusing on allowing ourselves to live in the surrender, to live. In, in that place where we just allow that infinite flow from the, from the heavens, from the divine, from eternity to overcome our energy field and then help us to manifest that on earth in a spiritual, in a spiritual grounded sense of self. Yes, the spiritual grounded sense of self is good. Yeah, it's very valuable to actually impact people on earth. And and at first it can be kind of fun to just be in the spiritual essence of it all, but then you realize you don't get very far. (laughs) Well, also because we have now activated our higher responsibility, and so it's not just a fun experience that we're having. Very true. That uh, with with enlightenment comes a, a, um, a broader sense of responsibility. I do agree with that, and I'm actually feeling that on a personal level at this time. I would definitely have to agree that's a part of my expansion process right now. (laughs) That's fun expanding, too. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, It's very fun, very, very enlightening. (laughs) Um, So in the book, you make the comment, you do not return to the one, you become the one. Explain further what you mean by you become the one, you do not return to the one. Well, as we raise our consciousness, and this probably happens the most, for my personal responsibility, this is what happened with awakening my crown chakra. With, and I think this is uh, segueing into the crown chakra. But what happens is, because I like with myself, I spent my life being lonely for home and I wanted to go home and why am I here and where's home? (laughs) And um, once you move into that state of expanded consciousness, we're everywhere. So we don't go someplace. We just calibrate our consciousness to the experience of the frequency of that place because we're every place and everywhere and everyone and every planet. So in, in not returning to the one, because I think that's a very, like it's an idea we can grasp. I return to my higher self or I return to my truth. You don't return to it because, in fact, you never left it. In fact, you never left it. In fact, I remember for so many of my meditations that I would have a guide that wasn't me guiding me and helping me. And when I got to the place, and this is all documented in my uh, website as well, where I stepped across into the fifth dimension and returned, quote, home, uh, my meditations were like, well, who do I follow? Wait, wait a second. I need to have somebody to follow. And it was a big shift. It it was uh, difficult. Uh, It was a new adjustment. And now I know I, I follow the inside. I follow the flow. Because 
the now it's no longer a who or some individual representation of spirit. It's fully collective. It is all one. And I've recently been doing a lot of studying about quantum physics, and I'll be writing about this too as I pull it all together in my mind, where uh, so much of this is uh, already proven scientifically through quantum physics that there there is no separation. We're all uh, we already are all one. Everyone. Yes, have you, have you seen the movie What the Bleep Do You Know? Yes, I have. Yes. That's a, it does a great a great um job at introducing the idea to the normative people, you know, all of us without all big degrees about how we are one on a particular matter. Yes. Level in quantum physics. So it's a good intro. Yeah, it is, definitely. Good, good. Well, I I'm excited to read the next book that comes out. <laughs> As that as that process evolves, so just returning to the one it is is in fact not possible because you never left the one. It was a perceived illusion. Right. right. Very good. Very good. So it's a there's a group illusion. You know, it's part of the illusion of the third dimension. Is that yes. we create this illusion that we're you know we're not one, and part of expanding our consciousness beyond the third dimension, uh, that doesn't mean it's not also in the third dimension, because when you're multidimensional, it goes both ways. We can now talk to rocks and talk to animals and talk to plants, you know, um, or commune. Then it sees that, um, that that we collectively chose the experience of having the illusion of individuality. Very good. All of this and more can be found in Susan's book, Becoming One, People and Planet. You can find her on the web at www.multidimensions.com. She's got a phenomenal website filled with resources. You can order her book on the website. There are meditation downloads for the chakras, products, some journals, stickers, cards, and more. Um, again, great resources. The site map is phenomenal to use to maneuver through the site. And there's also a really super fun partner links um, area that you can go on on the website that just has a tremendous amount of information. Again, she's been doing this website since 1999, documenting her process through it. So it just has a slew of resources that she's acquired through her process. I'm sure you probably can't even remember all of them on there anymore. They just, you know, they're <laughs> compiling so, so, so many. But anybody who's looking for resources and more information, again, that's www.multidimensions.com under the partner links or to order the book. You can go on there. You'll also find our interviews and other media interviews on the um, the website as well. So check it out. Thank you. So what is being a master of energy? You have a chart in, in volume two yes. that really focused on being a master of energy. And I thought that was put very well because I think Jesus was a master of energy. Yes. And I think we all have that ability. So I thought touching upon what is a master, what is being a master of energy entail? Well, that is being a multidimensional uh, master because then we are a master not only of our third-dimensional uh, reality, but we are 
um, able to take our uh, our own personal divinity that we all have and to expand it down into the atomic structure of the planet and also up into the fourth dimensional uh, area where there's the elementals, there's the elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and there's fourth dimensional correlates uh, for earth, air, fire, and water. And um, through the ability to work with the fourth dimension in that manner, in that unity with wholeness, we are able to um, master what's happening in our aura and in the aura of our planet and in all of our group auras. And so then the reality that then results from that aura in the third dimension is one over which we have mastery. So we move up, we expand our consciousness to the ultimate amount of responsibility because uh, a master knows that energy out is always energy back. So a master is very careful that anything we think, do, or say goes out in pure, unconditional love because that's exactly how it will return to us. We know that we are floating on the one and we are part of a cycle. And Good. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, and as we re, as we connect with our multidimensional selves, with our fifth dimensional selves, we have we will find that we have many uh, forms for us. That our great soul has taken on many experiences in many different places and planets and dimensions and spheres. And uh, there's no end to our expansion because we're infinite beings. Yes, so in being a master of energy, how does that relate to the idea of conditional, um, unconditional emotions? Because another really valid point that I thought that you brought up in the book was unconditional emotions versus conditional emotions. And I can see a link right now between unconditional emotions and being a master of energy. Well, our unconditional emotions are fifth-dimensional emotions, and these are emotions that do not have polarity. They are not good. They are not bad. They are not nice. They are not naughty. They are. They live in the middle, and they realize that on polarized worlds such as the third-dimensional Earth, uh, those polarities exist. But in reality, they're just expressions of the place of unity, which is in the core, which is the center. And while we are in our unconditional place, we are coming from the center. So therefore, A, we, won't, we will do no harm because we wouldn't fall to the polarity of negativity, nor would we try to deify ourselves or somehow self, some form of self-aggrandizement because that would be polarizing ourselves to the supposed positive polarity. And once we get polarized, we fall out of the flow. We fall out of our mastery. So it's really about maintaining ourselves in that center, unconditional place, free of polarities. Being neutral to life. Being neutral to life. And that's where, just as a quick aside, for the opening the third eye is when 
that positive and negative energy, masculine, feminine polarities within ourselves comes together. And once it comes together, it blends, and then we are no longer polarized within ourselves. And you see a lot of real spiritual matters. Ma- uh, masters seem very androgynous. They don't look like they're, you know, are they men, are they women? They appear to be very androgynous because they have moved beyond that illusion of polarity, and they've come to live in that place in the center. And that's what opens our third eye, which opens from the very center of our brain. Well, that's a very interesting point. I really, I'd have to really validate that. From my own experience, my clairvoyant training um, is based out of San Francisco, the Bay Area, and I studied with the um, co-founder, the assistant of the founder, Louis Bostwick, of Berkeley Psychic Institute. And their primary message is learning to become neutral to spiritual pictures or clairvoyance is what allows a person to expand out of this physical consciousness. Right, because when we have the ability to perceive these things, we don't want to impact them with our own personal presence because then we've taken on that person's life, and that's not the point at all. Yes. Just to remain in observer mode and to uh, just break through the higher frequencies to share in whatever fashion we're called upon to share. We really have to keep ourselves out of the way. Yeah, it's very empowering for people because I think this can really this could create a chain effect of positive positive energy if people would stop necessarily focusing on healing another and heal themselves from within. Right. It would then create a natural ripple effect of healing. Right, exactly. Yeah, healers healers heal ourselves, <laughs> and when we heal ourselves, then we automatically heal others because all the people we touch, they get our light. And the more light we have, the more our aura expands and the more people we touch. And the more that people are drawn to us, it's the law of attraction in action. Right, right, exactly. Very, very, very empowering. Very good point. So we'll now transition into the seventh chakra, which you can give us a brief overview of. It's, it's often called the crown chakra, as we've referred to it throughout the hour. And the earthly parallel is in Mount Fuji in Japan. And the, uh, the crown chakra is our interdimensional portal uh, through which we can move into the fifth dimension and beyond. And it correlates to our... In the book I talk about, we all have bodies, all the fourth dimensional bodies, and each one of them is parallel to a certain one of our chakras. And our crown chakra relates to our I am presence. And our I am presence is the part of us that stands at the threshold of the rainbow bridge to take us across into the fifth dimension and into the full multidimensional being that we always are. Well, actually, it takes us into the awareness of, because as you said, we never left it in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very true. So the seventh chakra, really, I often teach my clients who are really just opening up to this information. I tell them it's their angel halo. It's kind of uh-huh. like their, I call. I tell them to make a gold little angel halo over the their top of there where their baby soft spot was when they were born. <laughs> well, I'm sure that a lot of those uh, early uh, artists that made halos on pictures because, you know, these were very creative people. They probably actually saw the person's aura. 
And they were probably seeing the clairvoyant perspective. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh-huh. I'm sure that if we, you know, through our, well, I'm sure you've probably seen people that have halos. Or yeah, it's a beautiful essence. Beautiful. So the seven chakra is really important to really have that full multi-dimensional consciousness, that expansion to really connect oneself. It's kind of like connecting oneself back up to the creator, the source of all life. It's the, it's that ultimate hook out of the third dimension into all the other dimensions beyond beyond our earthly existence. And so as someone's developing their chakra system and going through the upper fifth, sixth, seven chakras, the seven chakra is really like the gateway to... Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 the gateway to more. So right. go, please go ahead, fill in. So what what I was saying is that it's, uh, that that's where that energy can actually come in to our, uh, our, the flow, the fifth dimension and beyond can actually come into our pineal glands, which has... Uh, uh, melatonin, which actually collects light, and and it comes into the third ventricle of our brain, and at that time, the energies of our pituitary gland and our sixth chakra, when the two blend, then that's the whole the rising of the kundalini that comes up, uh, all the way up to be joined with our crown, like in Egypt where they have the. Uh, the cobra over their head, that mm-hmm. they're fully awakened people, that their kundalini has risen. The snake, kundalini, sacred sleeping serpent, has risen all the way up to their crown, and the cobra uh, neck is opened, and it's in its empowered stance. And that's when we can uh, really get uh, intimate awareness of our cosmic consciousness and of the realities far beyond uh, anything physical. Very profound, very profound. So in sum, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chakra are overviewed in Becoming One, People and Planet, Volume 2. You can find, again, great storytelling, wonderful meditations, enlightening information, a, a good, solid science background throughout the book, really integrating just such a variety of information, allowing for one to really take in and filter and make their own conclusion. You can find Susan on the web at www.multidimensions.com. The true power of our spirit is found in the one, the one source of all of life's creations throughout the dimensions and the heavens. Remembering the oneness and the eternal truth it offers profound insight into the existence and course for one's spirit on earth. Turn within and seek out a glimpse of the oneness from hence you came, the love, the light, the truth, the wisdom, and infinite abundance. It awaits you. You are an unlimited spiritual being having a temporary earthly experience. Coming up next week, June 26, Michael Skorowski will be appearing with his emotionally evoking true story about intimate love, a spiritual course together, mastering relationship challenges, and facing cancer within the dynamic in his heart-touching and inspiring book, Unforgettable, A Love and Spiritual Growth Story. Evo Dominguez Jr. with his valuable and highly insightful book, Spirit Speak, Knowing and Understanding Spirit Guides, Ancestors, Ghosts, Angels, and the Divine, on July 10th. 
On July 17th, the captivating book Medicine Dance, a powerful look into a woman's healing journey in the world of Native American sweat lodges, drumming meditations, and dance fasts as she faced overcoming a major health obstacle. On July 24th, medium, intuitive, and human design analyst Jana Hollingsworth will share her unique talents with the audience and have the opportunity to ask her a burning question on air and also on her weekly column, Medium, that she offers. On July 31st, Christy Blaze will be reappearing to discuss the wonderful book, Power Prayer, that she co-wrote with Gary Blaze and with a foreword written by Marianne Williamson. Please join us. Coming up in August, August 7th, most accurate medium, psychic, and enlightening author, Jock Brokus, with his powerful wisdom, professional expertise, and a well-rounded personal portrait emphasizing the importance of the intuitive gift in this modern-day existence that lies inherently deep within each human being in his latest book release, Powers of the Sixth Sense. You can purchase Jock Brokus' book and all of our author's books at www.amazon.com. On August 14th, Alan Arcieri will be offering his practical and enriching book, Earth School 101, filled with quotes from the Ascended Masters. On September 18th, Jocelyn Chaplin will be offering from the UK her highly integrated and expansive perspective in her book release, Deep Quality, Living in the Flow of Natural Rhythms. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com under the the blue talk shoe player box under past episodes or also can be found by clicking the TalkShoe link under the header Previous Evolution Revolution Shows on that same webpage. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day to listen, download, at no charge. They include amazing talent such as Karen Sawyer, Dr. Laurel Clark, Gary Zukoff, Linda Francis, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Chrissy Blaze, Neil Donna Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Dr. Susan Carroll, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Dr. Betty Youngs, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. You can visit me on my newly created website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. There is a clairvoyant reading page on the website to explore, including testimonials from clients and my contact information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve, expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please email me on the Contact Us page at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com and let me know of your interest. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. 
Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Dr. Susan Carroll at www.multidimensions.com. Thank you, Susan, so much. Thank you very much. It's great talking to you again. You as well. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love tonight and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night. Night.